0: Yeah, three,
1: two, one. John, are we live?
0: We're live, sir.
1: What's going on?
0: Not too much, my man. How are you? We, we missed each other last week.
1: Did you really miss me for a whole week?
0: For a whole week.
1: Yeah, it's uh, when we were just chatting with our guests beforehand. I forgot we skipped a week because of the polar vortex last week. When, um, when are our polar vortex guests coming back on?
0: Uh, I believe April 10th.
1: Okay, awesome. So we rebooked them. Yes. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it worked out for everybody because they, I believe both, I know one for sure, um, but they both have kids who were going to be home. So it's like they really wanted to do the show, but they weren't going to be able to be here. And they're like, well, we could bring the kids. It's like, well,
1: that that was a miserable two days of weather. That was crazy. And I've been, I'm a born and raised in Chicago guy and that was insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we went to Costco on Sunday prior knowing what we had coming at us and bought a bunch of chicken and fish and made chili and some wine.
1: <laughs> I, still, I still Uber Eats every single time, but the delivery fee was like 20 bucks because oh. nobody was really delivering. So I didn't realize I could just Uber Eats, but that I would have a $20 delivery fee, so which is what happened in, to me. You're
0: in real estate. Um, next house you get, get one with a kitchen. You can cook some food instead of sending these poor guys and girls out 20 below so you can get a hot dog.
1: The beautiful thing (laughs) is I have two ovens and three grills, and none of them got used. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shout outs before we get into our guests, because we have two amazing guests today, and I have a feeling that we are going to run the whole hour plus some.
0: Indeed. Uh, So I will make it quick. I guess that's what you're... <laughs> kind of telling me. Yeah,
1: kind of. But no, go ahead. I think you you always have good shout outs. You, he always one ups, three ups, ten ups my shout outs. But I just thought of a good one. So Ooh, I got you. All right. Intriguing.
0: All right. So, uh, personal note good friend of mine from high school. His son just turned 21. His name is Riley Jones. Super great kid. Uh, just got done with school. He. You know, I mean, known him since he was born, but just to see him turn into the man that he is, really nice guy and uh, could not be happier, uh, you know, that he's turned out how he has and great parents and such. So shout out to Riley.
1: Is Uncle John taking him drinking this weekend?
0: Uh, uh, no, we're going to catch up in April and I'll tell you why quickly. So for a decade, decade plus now, uh, between Super Bowl and St. Patrick's Day, I don't drink. Oh. That's my hiatus.
1: I yeah. thought maybe that's because of this little fitness challenge we have no, going on.
0: No, I've been, I've been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, so get me back on screen as you're drinking water.
1: <laughs> well, he said, uh, Johnny said, John, turn on your mic. Thanks, Johnny.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I don't know why, because I, I am, man. I am plugged in. I don't know what's going on. Because I can, I can hear that. I can hear you, second.
1: too. Johnny might have to turn his volume up. Yeah. Well, Sorry, Johnny. Uh,
0: the other one, the other shot up, uh, big polar vortex, going back to that. All the people from ComEd that were out there trying to do their best to keep people's electricity. And uh, my dad, I was telling Mimi earlier, uh, my dad was a uh, journeyman plumber for the Chicago Park District. And any time in weather like that, pipes would freeze and burst. Those guys would have to go out and dig and do the shutoffs. And so anybody that was out there trying to make things run. Uh, big shout out
1: to them. Yeah, and my shout out is actually to you. Um, you braved the polar vortex to go out and get a list of all of the different places people could go and donate. So my shout out to John, because I I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, whichever it was day Wednesday. it was Wednesday. Yeah. You went out and you compiled a list of places that people who needed shelter could go to and then went out and uh, found places where people could donate. Mm-hmm. And kudos to you because you took a lot of effort and a lot of time to go do that. And piggybacking on that, obviously everybody who had to work, I have a couple buddies of mine who are cops and firefighters and sure. like you said, some wow. people had to work, nurses, doctors. Yeah, I stayed at home, yeah. <laughs> I didn't move very much. But Uber uh, eats, Uber Uber eats, eats Uber myself, people. but to everybody else who had to actually work and yeah. brave the cold to that take was, care of people. That was something. Um, That's all I got, man. Johnny keeps saying he's at 10% compared to Mo. I'm just loud, Johnny. Um, mm. But if we do have audio issues, just let us know with the rest of our guests because I don't think we need John all that much anymore, except for no, to hit to hit I'm the buttons back done. there. Um, I'm gonna get into our first guest, uh, Mimi LeClaire. She's the President and CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Chicago. She spent 30 years working in the nonprofit sector, which is incredible, and it's such a giver's gain mindset to spend three decades working um, in the nonprofit sector. I'm going to let Mimi explain what Boys and Girls Club is because I don't want to butcher it and you guys do some incredible stuff. So thank you so much for coming on.
2: You're very welcome. I'm delighted to be here. Boys and Girls Clubs is has a long legacy in the city of Chicago and actually across the United States of America. We've been in Chicago since 1902 and we currently have 23 clubs and what they are are safe, places where young people between the ages of 5 and 18 can go every day after school and all day long during the summer and we run a range of really incredible programs for these young folks ranging from academics to sports and recreation to character and leadership development to healthy living and healthy lifestyles and most importantly fun because if they're not having fun they're not going to come back and we want to make sure that they come back day after day uh, and it's just been a joy to be a part of the organization. I've been here now for two and a half years, having been in the nonprofit world for for 30, though never thought I was going to um, end up in nonprofit. I actually started out in business and was invited to serve as a volunteer um, in one of the nonprofits in the city and fell in love with the mission, and there was no turning back, so... So here I am this many years later, delighted to be here.
1: And I've personally visited the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs in Chicago through the Chicago Association of Realtors, and I want to touch on how happy these kids are. And how incredible the staff was! So, the, do they call them counselors?
2: They call them. They call them mentors. Or mentors. Staff. Yes, correct. they do.
1: They were incredible, and watching how much fun the kids were having, and watching how involved the mentors yes. were with the kids, really was an incredible thing to see.
2: Nice of you to say. In fact, in many instances, those staff members, those mentors, really are the surrogate parents for a number of our young people and they have a vested interest in seeing these young folks grow and develop. They um, uh, become very attached to them in, in in obviously very appropriate ways. They want to make sure that they, these kids succeed. Many of our staff members were once themselves club members and recognize when they become adults what the club has meant to them in their life as as growing up as a young person and want to return back to a club. It might not be the same club, it might be from a different different state altogether, but really want to give back because they know what a difference it makes in a young person's life.
1: And many of them had mentioned that when we were there they said you know as a kid we we looked to Boys and Girls Club and we're back here again because of the impact it had in our lives which was really incredible to watch. They graduated through obviously you know the system and uh, uh, became very successful and came back to be able to mentor the rest of the kids.
2: Mm-hmm. They, the clubs are really a joyful place. You know, yeah. there's there's great energy. Uh, it's it's there's often lots of chaos, yeah. and but it's managed chaos. And these kids feel like they're really uh, they're really uh, getting something out of going day in and day out. So it's fun for uh, that's how I get my energy. When I visit a club, it's very apparent to me. Why I'm doing what I'm doing. It it, it keeps me connected, and um, it's just great joy joy to see the kids.
1: I can believe it because we were there for a day, and I can speak for everybody who was on the board with us. We left there feeling excited. The kids had so much energy; they beat us at every sport we played. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing we could beat the kids at, but they just were so impactful on us that we've gone back, and you know, we we told the association we said, you know, if we can continue to be involved great. with the club please let us be involved with the club because the kids uh, had so much impact on us and um, just being able to give at least a little bit of our time to impact them back oh, was, was incredible. That's very nice. And that's something people can do, right? They can Absolutely. volunteer and be a part of...
2: Absolutely. We, uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Chicago, really exists on the generosity, both time treasure and talent of of volunteers so absolutely they can anybody could go to our website and uh, we're at bgcc.org and ask for our volunteer coordinator and um, he'll make sure that you find a place yeah and
1: I know a lot of um, uh, folks that listen to us they have different businesses who get involved with um, taking you know their offices and like our our office has Main Street Cares and John and I have uh, helped with a lot of charities in the past if you guys are listening and you want to do a great activity reach out to Boys and Girls Club and set up a time to go out. We took them pizza, and they loved pizza. pizza. They loved pizza. They loved pizza. But just being able to spend a whole day um, hanging out with them and chatting with the kids was incredible. So if you guys have businesses or uh, a group, and you guys can spare some time to go out there, I, I highly recommend doing it. How many clubs are there in Chicago?
2: We have twenty-three. Twenty-three. We do we have nine, what we call legacy or standalone clubs. They were they're larger buildings. Some of them have indoor pools. Most all of them have gymnasiums, and then there's a variety of rooms for arts and recreation and, and whatever, you know. They we feed the young people every day. During the summer they get two meals. During the school year they get a meal, which really does oftentimes serve as their last meal of the day. And um, we uh, are looking, we're not looking, we've grown tremendously over the last couple of years and we really want to continue to grow so we can serve more young people who really do need us and who who really want to have a safe, productive place to spend their time.
1: You guys do incredible stuff. And how does a, uh, a child uh, who wants to be a part of Boys and Girls Club get enrolled in being a part of Boys Very and Girls Club? Very
2: easy. They could just show up at a club, they could go online and or they can make a phone call. And uh, it's it, it's very we don't turn away any children we really don't we do expect certain behavior of our club members when they're in the club and because we tell them that they're representing boys and girls clubs but we uh, we really look to help all all young people and the uh, cost is nominal it's twenty dollars a year for the Whoa. entire year yes it's virtually free
1: yeah it's virtually and free. and for
2: for some young people and families that cannot afford that. We uh, waive that fee. We scholarship them in, and thankfully there are donors who make that possible for us. So it's uh, we're very proud of the fact that we are virtually um, a free service.
1: And if somebody wanted to donate, they can do. They can volunteer, but they can also go on and donate absolutely. as well.
2: Absolutely, absolutely online. Yes. Um,
1: any events coming up?
2: We do. We have our annual Youth of the Year competition and dinner at Navy Pier on March seventh and we anticipate about a thousand guests but there's room for more so i encourage anybody to come in what we love about this particular event is that it showcases the young people we have six young people in high school they have to be teens to compete and they share with the audience what the club has meant to them and sort of the trajectory of their lives and how the club has made a difference in their lives and it's just and it's incredible it's 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 rejuvenating and um, it's actually educational. Many people in the room don't know the depth of programming that goes on in the Boys and Girls Clubs. I think sometimes we are misunderstood as being more of a swim and gym, kind of a, a just solely recreation, but we're far more than that. In fact, we are really more about character and leadership than uh, than anything, and we're very proud of that. So,
1: And I'm glad you touched on that as well because when the first time I visited, I, I thought it was almost an after-school program where kids could go and just p- play in a right, gym, right. And, I, and admittingly so. I, I was part of the group of people that thought that's what was happening. And then going through the classrooms and seeing what the mentors were doing to um, almost to actually mentor and, sure. and, and help people grow, not just um, mentally but physically, and, and take care of these kids it really opened my eyes. It's it's like a it's like a schooling system it for is. them after it they is. go to school.
2: Right, absolutely. And um again I cannot stress enough the fact that it's fun.
1: Yeah. That's
2: it's fun it, and we, we we have to walk a very fine line between being school like or um sort of uh walking outside the boundaries of that because they're in school all day, right? and when they come to us, they uh, are often sort of at the end of their, their day. They're kind of tired. Not only that, but just from a, a, a psychological, emotional standpoint, these kids deal with a lot living in the communities where mm-hmm. they come from, and uh, we want to be there to help them forget some of that, and not only help them forget, but to help them work through it. Uh, and that's again where these mentors re- are extraordinary they take the time to get to know these young people individually they they are aware when somebody hasn't come to the club in a few days and they're they're trying they're following up with them and finding out where where they've been to make sure that nothing is going wrong in their lives so it is uh, a place with uh, where we want to make sure that they feel very valued that's important to us
1: and you can it's instantly um, something you see when you visit the clubs. The kids are just having such a good time and the camaraderie of the kids with one another and the mentors and the kids is immediately apparent. I mean, is. They, they just, they were having a lot of fun. Yeah. Part, I, part of us thought it's because they were beating us at everything, so they were just <laughs> enjoying kicking our butts. Yeah. But they just, the interaction between them and the mentors and everything they were doing was just such an uplifting feeling. Uh-huh. And I expected it to be fun, but it was, it. Literally, everybody who left that came to volunteer, our mood was taken ten notches up. Well, you know,
2: these young folks are far more mature than I was at at their age, without a doubt. And believe it or not, they love when they have guests and volunteers in Mm -hmm. their club. Because they instinctively realize that there are people out there who care about them, yeah. you know, and I think they're they're boosted by that. They they knew that you were there because you do care about their success and you you want to make a difference, and they respond to that beautifully. Whereas maybe when I was their age, I would have taken you know I would have taken that very differently. But but these kids are are quite mature, and as I said before there is a, an expected level of respect that our young people are are expected to give to each other and to their staff and to their guests. So so they really do shine.
1: Now that you mention that, I imagine when I was their age as well, if I was sitting at school and a group of people came to talk to us that's in the right. middle of class, we probably wouldn't pay much attention right. to them. We'd probably would be looking <laughs> the other way. But these kids were engaging <laughs> with are. us back and forth, and yeah. it was a lot of fun.
2: It's because they appreciate you being there, and that's that is the truth. They really do.
1: The only advice I would give to people that go is, wear gym shoes don't wear something that looks fancy cuz they will make fun of you the whole time yeah. for your gym shoe for your shoes your shoe choice yes. that's what i got the whole time yeah, they were just indeed. teasing me about my shoes and it was a blast with the kids yeah
3: indeed
1: going back to when you got involved in nonprofits you said you were in the business sector first yes. um did you had you intended on being in nonprofits or did you fall in love with just that
2: was the furthest thing from my mind is really? yes as a young person I hadn't really been exposed to nonprofits. I took advantage of Chicago park districts and, and, and activities like that. But when I was uh, adult in my mid 20s, I was invited to serve on a board. I actually was a marketing and finance major and had gone in that path, in that direction, invited to sit on a board for another nonprofit and then invited to come in and work there. Uh, I was reluctant to do so because up until that time, my impression of nonprofits was that they many of them ran sort of by the seat of their pants and there wasn't much strategy involved in, in, in their success well I was wrong obviously I, I could it couldn't have been farther from the truth when I started working at nonprofits frankly I found that the staff and the board work extraordinarily hard they're very strategic they learn to do more with less because you have to be very careful with with how you spend somebody else's money they they and they trust that you're going to spend it appropriately so uh, I think nonprofit management is just just extraordinary and and as I said once I started there was no turning back I was with another youth organization called Mercy Home for Boys and Girls and um I knew when I made the change that I had to stay with with youth, with the youth organization, because I I see the difference that these nonprofits make in their lives, and our kids will be the very first to say that we are life saving as an organization. We literally do save them from some of the bad influences and violence in their communities, um, and we uh, and we protect them. I mean, there's open gunfire going out on and in, in, in front of some of our clubs, and and we make sure our kids are safe at, at, at all times while they're with us we're life changing they will say that to us as well we really do try to spark and see what inspires them and make sure that we have uh, activities and we have discussions with them about really what what they love and what they want to do in life and we try to make those opportunities available for them and then, you know, these clubs are sort of lifelong. They don't forget their experience, and they often come back. So it's um, it's just been nothing but a pleasure to, an honor, really, to be a part of the organization.
1: Well, we appreciate everything you guys do because, like you said, a lot of times for these kids, it's the only positive outlook they have right. in some neighborhoods. Yes. And um, it's unfortunate that so many of these neighborhoods are so hard hit with violence and, um, and drugs and gangs, and just being able to – Provide a positive outlet at every single day for them is is an incredible thing and it's sometimes the only positive
2: you bet and we know we know that with more clubs we can influence more positively far more kids that's why we are on a on a trajectory of growth a few years ago we were serving 16,000 young people in a year today it's 26,000 and we hope to get up to 30,000 in in the near term so uh, there's no doubt children and teens in particular want to be in an environment where they're where they're safe and they're having fun they don't actively choose a life that's going to be difficult right so if we can make sure that we are in communities and and I'd like to reach out to community leaders and and church leaders if we're in communities and if you see a space where we can we can be we're we're very open to having a conversation about how we might be able to open a program in the community
1: and i imagine the impact you guys have on the kids is exponential not just in their lives but when you have 30,000 positive kids that might be able to go and get you know 30,000 of their friends and impact them in a positive mm-hmm. manner that that growth of positivity That you give to each kids is exponential in every single neighborhood
2: absolutely it's multiplicative and we do very little marketing which i think is extraordinary it's it's mostly all word of mouth kid to kid and we've had a huge upsurgence if that's a word of of teens lately because we did have a concerted effort to get more teens into the club we feel that they really are vulnerable and um and we did some kinds of fun friday night activities that really took took hold. And thanks to social media, these kids just spread the word and they invite their friends and 40% of our population are teens. And we think that's just great.
1: Yeah. It's wonderful because I'm sure a lot of the parents too, that want their kids to have a positive outlook who have to work after school, then don't have any ability to know where their kids are going. And and then that's typically the time that a negative influence of a a gang member or something could pull a kid in the wrong way. We're now there's that outlet, you, where, you know, you positivity. Hit,
2: you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, the the after school hours are the most dangerous hours for adolescents and teenagers. They are typically uh, victims of crime during those hours because they don't really know what to do with themselves. They don't want to stay at home, and and they're out on the streets, or they become perpetrators of crime. And of course, we right. want to stop. We want to stop both of those uh, those tides. So, uh, we. Um, are very cognizant of of, of knowing that that's a, a vulnerable time, and then of course summer times is a different story altogether. Of course, yeah, then we they have them not all at day, at all. right? Yeah, right.
1: And it's um, so all year long. Anytime after school, and I'm bra- so during breaks, do they get the full time at the clubs as well? Or
2: they do. Uh, we typically are off during whenever Chicago Public Schools are off. Okay, we we follow their uh, schedule. Um, And for the holiday break, for example, when schools are down for two weeks, we are open one of those two weeks.
1: Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And you do have some suburban locations? We do.
2: We are uh, out in Ford Heights, which is a south suburb, and we are also, our newest club is in Naperville. Great. And, uh, again, uh, we want to go where the kids would where they need us
1: and naperville is a big market because you have aurora naperville and exactly i think a lot of people forget that i think aurora and naperville are the second largest uh populated area obviously behind chicago they man. are
2: in the state in the Yes, state. they are I, I in fact i think aurora is the second largest city after chicago yeah
1: i think that's the fact because right. it's larger than rockford and yeah. i had always imagined it was rockford and now i know it's aurora
2: right and and, and there's tremendous need
1: Tremendous, Tremendous need, need on aurora there. Yeah. as well.
2: It was somewhat surprising to me to be honest with you, but we do our due diligence and when we look at demographics, that's really kind of leads us to where we're going to go next. And I was surprised to find that out.
1: And anything coming up in Chicago where people can get involved outside of the event, or should we just have people reach out and see if they can get a group of people over to some clubs?
2: Well, we we often need folks to help out at our events and we do we do events at individual clubs as well as we host Events for the Chicago region. So, if you are invo- if you would not get involved in events, please do so. We are soon going to be starting an early literacy program, and we would love to have folks come and read to the young children. Oh, that's great. And and listen to them read aloud. So there are there are plenty of opportunities, both now and coming up in the near future.
1: So, for those of you listening, there you can volunteer at the clubs with groups. You can donate to the club. Attend some of these events. Just get the word out. Or this early literacy yes. is, is a fantastic way for an individual to show up and get involved with a club. Indeed,
2: indeed. The only thing I would, would say, and, and people would completely understand it, is we have to run a background check, absolutely. obviously. And uh, other than that, it's 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 pretty easy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- thank you so much for everything you do, you uh, the clubs do. And again, I highly encourage anybody who has not visited one of the clubs to go. It, it's an incredible experience. You're gonna impact the kids. And for sure, they're going to impact you. We yes. Every time we left there, we we were impacted, I think, just as much as we hopefully impacted them as well.
2: That's nice of you to say, and it's very true. Thank you.
1: Um, I'm going to shift to our second guest, and then we will have a little bit of a round table discussion. Our second guest, Joanna. I'm not going to butcher your name. I called you Joanna when you walked in. Marie, she's a cooking personality. She's the owner of Mama Cuisine, which is... A blast you guys are gonna check it out after the shows that I promise you you've been seen on NBC WGN ABC Fox at literally anywhere you can be seen you've been seen Um, thanks for coming on the show
3: yes thank you for having me
1: and tell me what mama cuisine is just because like boys and girls club I don't ever want to butcher what it is (laughs) and you do so much so I'm gonna let you go ahead and tell us exactly what mama cuisine is
3: well mama cuisine really is about great everyday meals Simple ingredients, basic cooking techniques, just for the typical family. And I really love cooking, and I understand the importance of cooking, and I just wanted to share it in a really fun way.
1: I love it. Yes. And so on Mama Cuisine, I, yes. I looked you guys up, mm-hmm. and uh, I suggest everybody check out our website. It's, it's fantastic, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you have a blog, and then obviously you have the recipes and videos, yes. but you also have a show.
3: Yes. So it really started as a cooking show in 2009. I am the self-proclaimed very first online cooking show in Chicago. Still running Congratulations! Today. Yes, thank you very much. Um, Take that, Rachel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, it's been really empowering for me. It's a lot of what you were speaking about with Mimi. When you're helping others, you don't realize how much you're giving back to yourself and that's really what i've experienced over 10 years so many women and and dads you know and just people in general coming to me at first it's about the recipe but you become involved people start to share about their lives with you and it's food is like the gateway it's something that you just we connect with so much on different cultures you learn about people's different cultures the things that they've done um, growing up. You know, you you hear stories of how their grandma made a certain recipe. It's just really changed so much of my life. It's been amazing.
1: And you cook a wide variety of stuff, because I was looking at some of your recipes, and <laughs> one thing I love about your recipes, too, is it's not just a written recipe. You. Mm-hmm place a video with it, so people who yes. are visual can actually watch the video yes. of you shopping, you prepping, yes. and being completed. Yes. And it's a wide range of stuff, so do you just love cooking everything?
3: I just love cooking everything. I lo- you know, I'm Filipino and Indian, so I grew up naturally in a multicultural home, and that was normal. It was normal to me, to eat all these weird things. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't weird to me, it was. So growing up, that's just how my mind always worked. I loved trying. Different foods, different cultures. I I really love Mexican food, so I try to always include Me too. that. Love it. Um, Asian food, of course. Filipino food, of course. Um, and just so many things about the things that we see in the grocery stores that will help. You, that will help a busy mom, busy families create really good food. And I think these days, we know how important it is to cook for ourselves. There, there was a generation where everyone started to work and everything was industrialized and a lot of us are going back to basics now. Everything old is new again in our generation. Um, but a lot of us didn't know or didn't learn how to cook because our moms and dads were working all the time. So now... in in my generation and more, we wanna cook a lot more at home. We see the health importance, we know how important it is for families to get together, even if it was just once a day or a couple times a week to actually sit down and eat together. And so a lot of my recipes are just very simple, five ingredients or less, very affordable. Um, I have tons of chicken recipes because you can't have enough um, of chicken recipes and just taking things that are there readily available, and making it your own. And a lot of my recipes are the same way. If you don't like onions, then don't put them in. You're right. not going to hurt my yeah. feelings. Just do what works for you. As long as you're cooking, I think you're already healthier than the other person.
1: And that's such an important point because you know we were laughing before the show started, <laughs> and we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about Uber Eats, and <laughs> it, it, the... Cooking at home is always healthier than ordering out because you know what you're putting in your meals and your recipes, like you said, they're very simple. So a mom who might say, I got kids now and I'm not the best chef in the world, she can create a delicious meal quickly and also very healthy.
3: Right, and I think when you start cooking for yourself, then the ingredients start to matter. I don't care if you're making mac and cheese, which we know is not the healthiest thing, but you made it yourself. So there's that pride. Number I one. I love mac and cheese, by the yeah.
1: I actually love all food.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. You, you should see my recipe for pumpkin, like fake mac and cheese, but it's pumpkin puree. And kids oh. think it's mac and cheese because it's orange. But, Interesting. Yeah, it's so good.
1: So you fool the kids yeah, pretty fo- easy into healthy meals?
3: <laughs> but there's heavy cream, so I don't know how healthy it really is. But I always say even if it's not like the healthy, let's say it, you're still using a lot of butter and heavy cream, but you made it and you know that the ingredients that you put in it are fresh, Right. Um, it's still healthier than the frozen thing that you stick in the oven.
1: Agreed, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea of being able to have a meal at home, I just remember growing up, um, my family always made me eat at home. And, and at the time I probably was like, oh, I gotta sit down for dinner. But looking back now as an adult, what an important thing that was and I think when a mom or a dad Mm -hmm. is obviously preparing their meals, there's obviously that expectation that everyone's gonna have dinner together, and you bring them together in a very nice way as well. Yes. Did you just love cooking from when you were younger, or is that something you grew into as you became an adult?
3: I just always remember cooking, even as young as like six years old. I remember my, aunt, and this is one of my first memories cooking, is that my aunt was making fried rice in the morning, I'm Asian, so we eat rice with every Delicious. single meal, uh, and she was making fried rice, and I remember standing on a stool, and she was teaching me how to make it, um, and that's probably six years old, six or wow. seven years old. So I just always remember being interested in cooking and loving it. I never thought of it as a career or something that I would do as an entrepreneur, but it just you you know I think things always just lead you to where you're supposed to be.
1: Well, it's your passion, yes. And- I love cooking now, but when I was a kid, I think until 30, I hated it. And then I just, I think I moved to the suburbs and figured <laughs> better become a little bit domesticated now that I'm in the suburbs. And Uber Eats was harder to get, so I started cooking. Right. But I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by cooking. Yes. And obviously when you're a kid and you start at six, right. you're, you're not that intimidated. And right. I, what I love about your show is you make it fun. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of fun, so it takes the intimidation factor away for most people because you obviously have a passion in it, but a lot of your audience might not be as passionate as you and you're teaching them to learn something that they might be intimidated by in a really fun way.
3: I think a lot of the things, Mimi was talking about the same thing with Boys and Girls Club, like you have to make it fun. Um, And I think that's with anything that we're learning. Once. You, you let your guard down when you're having fun. You relax. You allow yourself to make mistakes. You're not as you know, you're not you're just more open to learn a lot of things when you're enjoying yourself. And a lot of times I know from personal experience people have come to me, they see cooking as a chore. Yeah. It's a bore and it's a chore. That's what I used so, to So yeah, so they don't ever see it as something fun. But I think the thing uh, the thing that is so different about cooking is that when you give it to someone and you see their reaction that they're enjoying it it gives you satisfaction then it changes the more you do it it changes your mindset now trust me i bombed too a couple me times too. you know and and that's just part of it and my kids will say oh you know that was okay oh it's okay they- you don't know and <laughs>
1: They probably are spoiled with such good food <laughs> that if they came to anybody else's house, they'd be like, "I'm not eating this stuff."
3: Well, I make their lunches every day. Um, Lucky kids. So sometimes their friends will say, "Oh, mom, like there's orders because my friends, my friends want to eat what I'm eating too," and I, I'm so happy doing that. It's just one of the things that I've seen my mom cooking, and she takes so much pride in in feeding the family. So it's one of those things I was taught by watching her. She never really sat me down and taught me how. It's just I really saw. And now, and now that I'm a mother, I see how important it is how our kids really watch us. And that's how we teach them most of all. It's not the things that we sit down with them every day and tell them what to do. It's really who we are um, that teaches them who we are.
1: Are any of your kids into cooking?
3: uh no <laughs> <laughs> are they
1: are they slowly gonna get but into they, it? they like
3: to cook like and now and my my son started you know with the scrambled eggs just like okay. every kid does but now i really wanted to start to have my kids at least cook once or twice a month like grab a recipe and learn the skills right. of cooking um because that is something that when you become a parent or when you're alone when that time in your life where you're single and living by yourself you need to figure out how to feed yourself, and then when you become a parent and have children, it's so important.
1: <laughs> a husband or a wife will really appreciate your yes, lessons yes, to your kids. yes, now. totally. <laughs> and what you did so early on we we talked off air about mm-hmm. this. Um, you know there was no in two thousand and nine, Facebook was just getting underway, and yes. I think two thousand six seven it just started to get some some legs. Mm-hmm. but there was no real influencers on social media, YouTube. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, your um, Facebook is very well followed, but literally every social media outlet of yours is very well followed. How did you have the foresight 10 years ago to really ramp up social media?
3: You know, I always say um, entrepreneurship, business always has to do with timing. And you have to have a certain vision of what is happening and have the guts and you know the risks to say, I'm just going to go. I don't really know what's happening in this social media. I don't even know what it is, really. But I'm going to go for it. And I just saw an opportunity for myself. I had zero connections in media. I had zero connections in any kind of like, influencer space. Um, but because I saw that, I said, I'm, I'm just going to try. And I think in entrepreneurship, a lot of times, people are afraid to pull the trigger because they want to be perfect first. Before mm-hmm. they go for it. Or they want to have all the answers first. I never go with all. The, I just go. <laughs> which is a good and bad in many things. But it served me more positively than it has negatively. So I'm probably 60 to 70% knowledgeable about many things that I do. And I just go for it. I'm and in the it. rest of the way, you learn along the way. And I think that's the difference between um, when we look at other entrepreneurs. And say how are they How are they doing it? It's because they just really went in and did
1: it well it's like the old idea of the entrepreneur just jumps off a cliff and builds a parachute on the way down (laughs) you just have to do it yeah it's john's kind of like that when we did the show actually we said okay let's do the show and we didn't really know how to run a podcast and we're just like okay we're gonna figure it out as time goes on and as time goes on you become better And what i really like about what you've done is your your content's great so i feel like anything on social media there's so much of it now in 2009 there wasn't a lot right there's a lot of so-so content, mm-hmm. but I feel like great content that's consistent mm-hmm. is just always gonna eventually get a following. And one of the things I love about your website is your blog. Mm-hmm. So a lot of blogs have one or two posts. Mm-hmm. You have 30, 40, 50 pages of posts. Okay. So if you go to mamacuisine.com backslash right. blog, right. your blog is very, very strong.
3: Right. Thank you so much. Yeah, having, you, you, you obviously my audiences are moms, most of them and me. Are moms. No, no, actually, YouTube you have moms and me. No, actually, YouTube is crazy because YouTube is always a different audience because it's very visual. It always teeters more male than female, always by a couple percent more more males um, than female. And I think it's just also because a lot of males are cooking now. You want to cook for your lady, and it's easier to just follow like a quick video well, than sure. to read. That's all I do. No men, no offense to males, but you know, it's just easier to say, okay, good, that's easy, and I'll do it. And I've and I've had um, men inbox me and say, I want to cook a special dinner for my wife, help me. So I think it's really cool.
1: I would do the Mrs. Doubtfire and just have you cook it. and I would <laughs> right. come pick it up and take it home for myself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mess with it if you were there. But, but
3: content. You we were talking about content. Agree. Having a lot, yeah.
1: You have a ton of it. And, but it's funny you said the males are visual because I have this uh, green egg smoker that I always talk about. Oh, I love yes. my green egg. And I watch so many YouTube clips mm-hmm. of people prepping this stuff because once it's in there, you just kind of right. let it be. But almost every time I cook on it, I'm YouTubing right. everything because I hate reading the recipes. Right. I read them, but I YouTube everything right. and I'm on YouTube just in your YouTube channels you get a lot of subscribers, yes. you have a lot of views, and there's a way to make money with that, right?
3: There is, there is. So, you know, YouTube has been great. And not, you know, actually to, it's so different now, just like anything else, because there's so many creators now, um, and they change a lot of their algorithms and the way you make money. But I've really made money through sponsorships. Um, and so in my business, really, the brand placement has really helped and doing a lot of the content. And behind the scenes, people don't realize, people think Mama Cuisine is, and it is, like a per, me as the personality, and I go on TV and I present things and you know demonstrate Um, recipes and things like that. But what people don't see behind the scenes is that I work very closely with the brands who are sponsored with me to actually create their advertising campaigns. Oh, wonderful. Um, And these are national big brands who have their own, because they have millions and millions of dollars, they have their own huge advertising agency that they go with. But a lot of times they come to me and we create the campaigns together. So I think people, people see... Um, influencers, you know, Instagram and all these things that they just post, but the way I've done it in my business anyway, and I think you have to bring something really big to the table to have the big brand sponsorships and to have, to really have a real business. Um, And that's really helped my career.
1: So do you take a lot of their products and then incorporate them into your dishes and yeah, yourself? so the
3: the easy, the simpler way is that I incorporate them in the show and do the product placement, sure. right? Here's, you know, brand X for pasta and all of that stuff. Interesting. But, but the most amazing part is I didn't realize that I was doing this over the course, but I've become a creative director and marketing um, director for a lot of these mid-sized brands and even bigger brands to really help them understand because I'm also the bridge between them and the consumers and i speak directly to the consumers but then i work very closely with the brands so then we're able to really create national campaigns um, that really work so i didn't realize what i was doing until i I was doing it like wow this is amazing so this year i uh i started a, a marketing agency so. good for you yeah
1: <laughs> and i mean you have so many followers now that once you have the followers yeah the national brands say well she like you said you have direct to consumer right. they're watching you they obviously you're very passionate about what you do and mm-hmm. you're a lot of fun especially when you're on camera um they you're direct to them they trust you right. because they've been watching you they go to you for the recipe so there's such a big value to that national brand or even that mid brand right. to come to you so you can place the product in a recipe
3: <laughs> yeah and there's What's a lot know? of cre- there's a lot of creativity there and a lot of uh, um, you know you, you have to know what you're doing ex- from A through Z and it only looks you're supposed to make it look easy. So that's the whole thing.
1: <laughs> how do you come up with the idea of new recipes? Because you've been doing this for a long yeah, time. Oh so at gosh. some point, yeah. you know, how many different variations of tacos right? or <laughs> chicken or, right. you know, a, a chili can you make right. until you have to really you have to be creative enough to come up with new content right. constantly.
3: This is why I love being part of the Chicago food community. Um, before Mama Cuisine I was in the restaurant industry and and through Mama Cuisine, I've been able to really meet so many chefs, like the best chefs and the top chefs in the city, and visiting and going out and seeing their ideas uh, and really figuring out how can I make this at home? You know, how can we make this? And a lot of times, to be honest, the most expensive, fancy recipes, you know, farm to table is very simple stuff. Um, and, of course, the, their techniques are very... Outrageous sometimes are very technical, um, which is why we go out to eat for the experience. But you you have the ability to make it homemade. There's so many ways. And a lot of times chefs eat very simply at home. (laughs) They don't cook the way they cook in restaurants. And um, it's very cool to be able to sit with them and talk to them and get ideas. And that's how you get inspired. Sometimes you just tweak a little thing or two and it's a completely different dish.
1: So do you try a lot of stuff? Are you constantly working and eating all this food? Because if there's leftovers and you're nearby, John and I will, well, actually, for Let's the next six weeks, we're in a fitness competition. Oh God. So feed, After. Feed, feed John only, not me, because we're no, competing no, no, against no. each other. But do you try stuff all the time?
3: I do. And, and sometimes I get inspired by just going to the grocery store. Walking, I, I take the longest shopping trips.
1: Like Me too, through- but probably not for the same reason. <laughs> I forget what I had on my list. I just walk around aimlessly. I
3: just walk around the aisles the same way. And sometimes the the people at the grocery store, they tell me, you're still here? Like I've seen you walk around like five laps. But it's because I I want to see also, I try to be smart. I want to see what's new on the shelves, which means those brands are newer and pushing their items um, to consumers. So then it it makes me more creative. Okay, if quinoa is like a thing, why is quinoa everywhere? Then let's create more quinoa recipes. So it's just little things like that that I try to be smart and (laughs) think ahead and see what's out there in the marketplace. Because at the end of the day, on the mama cuisine side of my business, I'm talking to consumers and I want to be able to give them what they're looking for and what's trending. But at the same time, what's real, you know, what they could really do at home in their real lives.
1: Where do you shop?
3: Different I shop places. in many different places, actually. I, I love the ethnic store, like the Mexican store. I love... I think the produce is always better and cheaper. Yes. I love Mariano's. Um, I think that's a great, great place. I think there's so many different places that you could go for different things. And I know it that that part is a chore, but I like doing it. I, I Because Little that's passion. what I do. Yeah, it's yeah. what I do. But a lot of times I really tell people... I love going to the, the, to the typical, like, produce market. They usually have the best butchers, fresh meat, the, the ingredients are fresh, and you get a lot of ethnic, their ethnic aisles are always better than the mainstream stores, so if you really want to switch up and really learn other things, I would rather go to the, to the local produce store in your neighborhood.
1: Do you have a favorite, I, you, this is probably like saying who's your favorite kid, um, <laughs> but do you have a favorite dish?
3: Or no. two or three, uh, a couple You know, there's, that are in
1: the top five?
3: There's a dish that I love that I've been, when I was pregnant with my firstborn, I loved it all the time. It's an eggplant dish with ground, it's super simple. It's a Filipino dish called eggplant torta. Um, it sounds Spanish, but it's a patty essentially, but it's um, grilled eggplant with egg and sauteed ground pork and onions and ginger. It's so good. It's like an omelet or like a frittata.
1: Is it on the? Um,
3: is no, re- is but I recipe? should. But I should make a recipe. I I eat it all the time. So that's one.
1: Can the five of us in the uh, <laughs> audience here get um, the homemade recipe so we can do it at home? Yes,
3: I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Just exclusive, exclusive to you guys. But um, there's so many home. Uh, my favorite dishes are always homemade. The ones that my mom makes, not necessarily what's fa- famous on the site. But whatever my mom makes, I always try to make it. <laughs> we'll we'll take good. those.
1: We'll take those recipes too. <laughs> any advice for somebody? And you, you've dabbled in some of the advice already. But any yeah. advice you want to give somebody who's getting into business doesn't necessarily have to be a cooking right. show. Right? No, no business. You're business. the first, so um, they'd have a hard time catching up. But <laughs> no. anybody who's getting into business, any advice for them?
3: I think any time in business, you just have to pull the trigger and go. And again, like what I said earlier. it's okay that you don't know everything. It's okay that you don't have the money right now. And I always believe in that, you know, we say the law of attraction, and it is so true. The older that I've become, the more that I realize it is so true. You are who you think you are. And so if you're building, let's say you want to build a restaurant, but you're saying, oh my gosh, where am I supposed to get this money? But when you start to build towards that, you will be surprised the kind of things that that are attracted to you because you're working towards those things. Just like you're saying when you started this podcast and the show. You didn't know exactly what it was, but we're here now.
1: Yeah, it's I 100% believe in the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. You have to believe it. You have to see mm-hmm. it. You have to think it, visualize it. And yeah. typically, if you put some effort behind that, yes. it, it's going to happen.
3: Yeah, and the same thing with hard work. I agree. People will have more money than you, smarter than you, have more connections than you, but they cannot outwork you if you choose that. Right. So if you really just... Are ready to put in the work you will get so far um, in in your dreams and your goals and your passions you will get so far even with just a little bit of elbow grease I believe that a lot of people are lazy I agree I agree <laughs> I think that most people are lazy so if you just put a little bit of work you will go so far so imagine if you put more than a little work and actually put in a lot you will be everywhere
1: I think hard work Hard work beats talent every time. Every Obviously, time. if you have talent and you're hard working, then good for you. Good for you. You're you're in that little percent. But if you yes. got to choose hard work or talent, hard take work. the hard work. Well, I'm gonna go to Mimi so we can do a little round table. Are you? By the way, are you a good cook?
2: I am an okay cook, oh, and me and too. I just okay. have to I say, say Johanna, cook. you are very, very inspirational. Oh my goodness! And honestly, and, and everything that you say is is true in terms of hard work. And I've never met somebody that uh, has attained any degree of of personal or a professional success, mm-hmm. who didn't really work hard at it? You know, you're not you're not gonna do it nine to five. That's for darn no. sure. No. Yeah, <laughs> d- darn sure. But, <laughs> but um, I. I enjoy cooking, but I feel very limited, so I cannot wait to to uh, to check out your 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 social media. and I'm going to go after it. For yes, sure. yeah.
1: The website's great. I was on it last night, and I was on it uh, earlier today. And what's like I said, they, she has the videos that go along with the recipes, I love and they're it. so simple that you yes. or I, who are not professionals yep. like her, could easily jump on and create a really nice-looking dish. I,
2: absolutely. And there's so much to be said for um, what you said is so true about the bonding that goes on yes. um, as you're as you're cooking with somebody or it gives you, if you're cooking alone, it gives you time to think yes. and to really sort of uh, take take stock in what's important in life. And uh, I greatly admire what you're doing. Oh, thank you yeah. so Keep much. Keep up the great work. Thank
3: you so much. And, and you, you as well, like, you, you know, my, my, my friends, even my boyfriend now will say, oh my gosh, you, you wake up so early. To make breakfast like it's really that important to you to wake up this early (laughs) to make breakfast for the kids and it's one of those things that when my kids are my age I want them to think of me the way I've thought of my mom like my mom it's really my love language like my mom really cared and it makes me cry because it it is so much of who I am and what I'm passionate about in my heart that. Like they say, it, it's food for your body, but it's food for your soul, also. And how they say you can taste the love in the food like, all those sayings are so true. Um, you know, that when you, it's something much deeper than just eating for, for, you know, subsidence, like, it's really something that that will touch you without your a heart. doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Your passion comes through. I mean, it just in studio, in your videos, I was watching the videos of you in, um, the grocery store mm-hmm. at the start of some of your recipes, and, and you're just so passionate and excited to be in the grocery store. People Such probably walk dork. by while you're in there. People probably walk by while geek. you're in there, and they're like yeah, this they're like so this girl is here.
3: crazy. It's just parsley, lady. Yeah. Relax.
1: But your passion comes through, and it's, um, it actually reminds me a lot of me what you guys do at the boys and girls clubs. Watching the mentors and the kids. And this was John lines up a lot of times. Very good duos to be on shows together. I don't know if he does it by chance or if he's just good at doing it. But um, the idea of being passionate around what you do. Yes. I, I remember being in the clubs, and I'm sure even for the mentors you know, it's a after their work or after their, um, oh, is indeed. it full-time for them? Like the, no, a lot of no. them, it's part-time for them.
2: They, yeah, and many of them have a few jobs and many right. of them work uh, full-time somewhere else and they come to the club and I'm sure they're tired. tired. But to your point, Johanna, mm-hmm. it fills their soul without yeah. it, without a doubt. And um, it's, uh, in talking back going to food, we find that that's the great level leveler in the clubs and the great common denominator whenever we have whenever there's the promise of food <laughs> or special food it the kids get super excited and um, uh, it's just uh, it, there's I, I was thinking about that earlier today knowing that I was going to see you what to think that there are so many folks in this country that that go hungry oh my, yeah. it's just it's really heartbreaking right. there's no really there's no reason for right. it number one but um, it's just one of the basic core components that human beings have a right to, yes. right? And to have great food and great experiences around food yeah. is just, just incredible.
1: And the bonding effect right, of food right. is whether it be at home or I just, you know, even sometimes I read these um, lead generation for business um, Instructionals and they say if you can get face to face with somebody and they say belly to belly and you you share a meal with somebody the connection during a meal process versus just jumping on a phone call or seeing somebody in passing really uh, sharing a meal with somebody can be very bonding I mean you guys do it at the club for dinner with the kids we do Mm -hmm. you're bringing families together but
2: I we don't serve the kind of food that it sounds like you make (laughs) Johanna so I would love to invite you to a club and maybe we could do a special we could have a cooking session and and have the kids join in they love to cook Tell me I was
3: just thinking the same thing I need to tell Mimi let's do something cooking and a lot of times people don't realize and and I used to, in Naperville actually, I used to volunteer a lot um, with a food pantry there, and it was really showing families how you can make so much with little. A lot of times people feel, you know, sad for themselves that they can't afford X, Y, or Z, but actually you can cook really good food for very inexpensive and a lot of the food that even my me and my kids love are so it's so cheap. Sure. It's so inexpensive that anybody can, can and think about the our favorite foods. It's rice and beans and mm-hmm. things that, that, that are so homey. That literally you could buy a bag of beans at the store for like ninety nine cents. And it goes so far. And these are You're things right. you'll go to a fancy restaurant and they'll make some Fancy bean dish, but you don't realize it's so cheap. So I have such a,
2: I would love to do that. Wonderful. I would be so excited Thank to you. do that. <laughs> and you know how how uh, fortunate those of us who have the opportunity to be in a business that inspires yeah. us, right? right. And um, I think folks, no matter how old they are, should keep pursuing that. You know, they might be do, doing something that just isn't quite right for right. them. But keep keep going yes. and you never know. A hobby can turn into something that is a real oh. passion and a real business success for yes. you as well. Exciting. Yeah.
1: I agree. If if you can approach anything with a high amount of passion, you're going to influence somebody. Absolutely. It could be whatever you're doing, whether it's non for profits mm-hmm. or you're in you know, you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Um I, I tell John this all the time, you know, there's no secret we don't make a killing here over at wheelhouse you know it's no, a no. it's a now, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a passion piece for him and i really I, and i say this to him almost every week i say i work 80 to 100 hours a week but mm-hmm. when i come here and i'm not not passionate about everything else i do i am so my office is about to tell me <laughs> jerk do you hate us yeah. but no i love them too but right. this to me is something that i'm passionate about right. and and with passion comes influence right. and you right. guys both have that at a very very high level. Oh
2: goodness, thank, thank
1: you. Thank you. Nice but you I say. think the the collaboration there is great because I think one thing I know, you know, in some of these underserved areas, nutrition and this is going back to when I was a personal trainer. Just mm-hmm. having the proper nutrition really affects your brain power and affects yes. your ability to not just decision make, but have a a good day, right? A, a, mm-hmm. a, a, gr- a great day, and I think being able to teach the kids or the kids knowing that you can have great nutrition without having to break the bank or at least Mm -hmm. the parents to learn that Mm -hmm. um is so valuable and you guys feeding the kids obviously a dinner which is you know one of those meals that if you guys did not feed them
2: absolutely they could miss out on absolutely yes we uh we are firm believers of of that and and really um would we want to engage parents in another way too and i think around cooking is a very good idea to do that that so you've you've given me great hope and inspiration thanks (laughs) joanna we're doing it yes yes (laughs) yes because you're right when when money is tight you can be very creative and make very very delicious yes that's where the best meals come out of
3: i mean think how pasta is made
2: right
1: it's easy.
3: Mm-hmm. it's easy. It's
1: easy. It's flour and water and eggs. Well, actually, actually, think of pasta, pizza, all like of you that. said, rice, beans, yes, all, right. all the stuff that we now as adults say if we eat them, we're in a lot of trouble <laughs> because we will gain weight. Kids can eat them, and especially right. at the boys and girls clubs when they're running around, <laughs> they're, and
2: running, they're burning those calories. They're burning those calories <laughs> yes. pretty fast.
1: They can eat that stuff, and it it helps give them nutrition. Yeah,
2: and many of our young people interestingly I gravitate to cooking mm-hmm. and go into the culinary world for their careers because i think they do appreciate the value in sharing a meal yeah. and to learn you know to learn how to do things properly and and uh, and there's great opportunity for them there yes. there's so many different facets of of the food industry and uh so they many. they do gravitate to yeah. that for sure
1: you're both really, really busy, and this is something John and I wanted to start asking our guests. Mimi, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you do outside of uh, nonprofit for fun?
2: Well, Hobbies? I do work. Um, I do work a, a lot. lot. Yeah, I do, and um, I'm a, a, a voracious reader. I, in fact, I like to read books on business and, and how business leaders succeed and how they fail. And I've I've gotten some great inspiration from some of the folks that have come before me and. Uh, So, uh, uh, and I can't say I do a lot of cooking, but, uh, and I spend time with my grandchildren, which I really enjoy Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah.
1: Any book recommendations? Because I love reading and most (laughs) specifically business development Yes.
2: Yes. I read one recently called Leaders Eat Last and, and, and the title is self-explanatory, right? It's, um, and, and this would go for in, in a family or you just want to make sure that your people are taken care of. Yeah. And that um, if push comes to shove, you're going to do without so that they can have what they need. And I thought there was such great value lessons in that book, and I would highly recommend it.
1: I have it in hard copy, and do I'm you? going out of town in two weeks yes. to Mexico. And it's every time I go out of town, I, I listen to Audible a lot because I'm in the car a lot. Mm-hmm. But every time I go out of town, I get at least one hard copy book to finish while uh-huh. I'm out of town. And that's the book I have. Good.
2: You will not put it down Good. until okay. you're finished. It's great.
1: might be finished before I get there, yes. so I might need another one. Yes. Do you use Audible at all? I do. Okay. I do. Audible is great because I enjoy reading a book more than obviously listening to it, but it allows me to get through so much more content. Of because
2: course. Because I'm just
1: sitting in the car so right. much.
2: Right. Absolutely.
1: I really, really love it. What about you and your free time?
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just started to have free time. Now my youngest turned nine. Okay. So now I have no more babies, which actually I'm having a little bit separation anxiety, <laughs> to be honest, because nobody needs me the way that they used to. It's a different phase in my parenting. But I started to read again. Um, and I just read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, mm. and that was another one. On a flight to Vegas, I finished the whole thing. I couldn't put it down. I just... What, how, what, how long is the flight? Three and a half Three and a half, four hours? Yes. I just, John goes a lot. <laughs> just, three and three a and half, four. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I just read the whole thing. It was great. And again, you know, at this point also in, in my life, in the next phase in my business, it is so important to read. And I think the older you get, the less, like, my kind of party is like, let's stay home, have some wine, <laughs> you know, relax. And I'm just really enjoying this next phase of what's happening in my career, in my life, my personal life.
1: Mimi touched on it. Reading about people who are successful in business, mm-hmm. so many business owners are such a giver's gain mindset where they want to teach what they've learned and right. teach what has not worked. Being able to just read about somebody else's experience, yes. learning what may have worked for somebody else's right. To me, my favorite thing to do now. Right.
2: I agree. I get a kick out of just another plug for Harvard Business Review. You can go online and you can read these case studies, mm-hmm. and they will present a, a challenge and you that you think is seemingly unsolvable. That mm-hmm. is, and um, and then they have two or three experts determine what the what their suggestion would be and what the what the solution would be, and it's fascinating. Right. <laughs> and then they will tell you what how the the situation was eventually resolved, and i I think it's just great fun that is fascinating, yeah, yeah. so
1: Harvard Business, Business Review, Review
2: cases, yes, you can find them online. They're great. And then you can subscribe and you'll get one very regularly. yeah, wow. that's yeah. really
1: fascinating. Yeah. So it's just the whole problem that you try to solve and then they have right. solutions for it exactly. and it gets your mind thinking, yeah. I love watching Shark Tank. Not, it's a little bit different than that, but I, <laughs> but love, still, I love I love watching <laughs> I love watching Shark Tank and seeing the product and thinking to myself, well, is that a good product? Is there a problem there? And then some are good, some are bad. I yeah.
3: look it up, like after I'm like, what happened to them now? And so I'll look up their websites mm-hmm. and see what happened to them, you know.
1: Or the Prophet um, with uh, Marcus, Mark Limonis, yeah, yes. Marcus Lamont, who's a Chicago guy, yeah. I think Lake Forest. Lake Forest. Mm-hmm. He um he takes these. Problematic businesses and then right. creates a solution for them.
2: Right, actually, Incredible.
1: the gentleman upstairs, Sean Conlon, had one for real estate flips not so long ago. Mm-hmm. They took yeah. bad real estate um, flips and kind of went in the middle of it and then solved them. So there's a lot of local Chicago guys with business shows that.
3: Brilliant pop up. in Chicago. There's a lot of brilliant people in Chicago. So
1: just a real show
0: real quick. <laughs> if Marcus, anybody that knows anybody that knows anybody. That knows Marcus. I've been dogging him to get him to come in here because he's in Chicago. Have you been all teasing him on like LinkedIn oh, and man, <laughs> stuff? Yeah, I'm all
1: over him. Absolutely. John Twitter, is, LinkedIn. John is yeah. so good about um, reaching out to people. I mean, he did it with every mayoral candidate, so he reached out to right. everybody. Amazing! Wow. And he yeah. said, you know, we'd love to have you on. And and very big thanks again to Gary McCarthy, who immediately mm-hmm. answered Looking and said, to Paul "We'd love to talk to anybody." And we said, "Oh, okay, great." And then Paul Vallis, um, yeah. shout out to him. He Tony said, Tony shot me down right away. <laughs> yeah, he said He's no. Like, nope, can't give you the time. Well, I and live in Northbrook, so I can't vote or not vote for yeah, him. Yeah. So <laughs> unless he runs in Northbrook. But yeah. um, no, I mean you've been very consistent, obviously. So yeah, I guess if Marcus Lemonis is listening, well, it's usually six degrees.
3: That's right.
0: Sometimes two or three degrees, but yeah. I think
3: you know. I know the per- the the woman who did PR for one of his new. Clothing will hit you. You just, you, you open Pandora's well, box of go. John, you of John bothering you for the
0: next three weeks I'm, <laughs> now. I'm like a dog with a ball. I think, I <laughs>
3: think, I think I know who, who the PR person is. You say you did.
0: think you do, or do, you do. John's <laughs>
1: going to bug you for the
3: next John, three weeks. I now. have
2: to hand it to you. You're, you're, you're very gentle, but you're very consistent yeah. and very persistent. Yeah. So I think the way you do it is, is great. Perfect. Well,
0: yeah. thank you very much. And, and even really just going to, some of the conversation, it really is just, you gotta keep banging yes, away. absolutely. But not in a way that, you get Offensive. away from me, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you just gotta be nice and make sure that you stay
1: on people's ra- radars.
0: Yes.
3: Being nice, business yeah. rule number one. Yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Be nice.
1: nice and consistent, I mean yes. I, I, on the legal side of things, people say lawyers are jerks, so if anybody in the room has lawyers <laughs> as family members, I'm a lawyer, so I guess I can say this. But I, I see it happen, nine out of 10 times on deals where you got somebody who's just being such a jerk. Yeah. And I, it takes usually one phone call where I'll call, because I'm never a jerk on anything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, we have to deal with each other for the next two years maybe. <laughs> we don't have to do this for two years. Right. If, if you want to just be angry with me for two years, we can right. do that. But it, it's just an awful way right. to run our lives and right. businesses. Right. Right. And then usually they, nine out of 10 times, they'll calm themselves down. One out of 10 times, they'll tell me what I can do with my comments. <laughs> and then I know how it's gonna be for two more years. <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, just be a nice person. Yes. It really helps. Yes. Any um, trips coming up for you? Or any shows coming up?
3: Any trips or shows coming up? Let me think. Nothing really yet, but stuff always pops off right when spring to Yeah, because spring break with the kids. Yeah, spring break with the kids. Actually, my, my son is in school abroad, so he will be back in May. Where is he? In the Philippines. Wonderful. Oh. oh wonderful. So my parents are semi-retired, and I wanted my son, who's born and raised here, to experience the world and experience education somewhere else. Good for and you. And I really think the school system there is great. So I said, bye. <laughs>
1: I'll did did see he? You? Did he do it willingly or uh, did no? You in and no,
3: but now he has an Australian girlfriend, and he just called me a couple weeks ago and says, "Ma, I think I want to stay."
1: <laughs> I think I
3: want to stay. <laughs> Said, of course you do. As How long old as is you he could have called. he's turning eighteen in September. Okay. And you know he's he's my only boy. I really wanted him to see the Philippines. I wanted him to see our family, our that side of the family there, my Indian side of the family, and just see our culture, and know who he was, and be independent. And it's changed him so drastically. I cannot believe I even did that. As mm-hmm. a mom, you want to hang on to everything mm-hmm. and everyone. Um, I can't believe I had the guts to send him away. But I knew he was with my parents. So it's totally different, you know.
1: My mom made me stay at home during college. <laughs> until really? law school. Well no, I, I went to UIC, so I was actually pre med I don't even know if you knew this. I was pre med bio. And my dad was a doctor, so I stayed mm-hmm. at home right. until junior year of college and then I switched to pre law, but right. they kept me at home. I wish I'd got sent somewhere. <laughs> but he's gonna end up in Australia now, so congratulations.
3: Oh my <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> pictures and the other day we were talking and goes oh mom it's gonna be uh, uh, my three-month anniversary Uh-oh. oh my gosh I mean, he's counting <laughs> at least he's thoughtful so that's, that's good. good that's right that's good
1: well you obviously <laughs> put some great values in him and hopefully he's uh, cooking for his I'm... Australian girlfriend there John's gonna love letter oh um, that's right. I did not ask Mimi for her advice. She gave so much good advice, but um, do you have any advice for anybody, Mimi, who's getting either into business or into nonprofit yes. because, um, or either or, if you want to give both.
2: I have to piggyback on uh, what Johanna said because I so firmly believe in it. It's it's this work hard mm-hmm. idea and to mm-hmm. have an extraordinarily strong work ethic. As, a, as an employer, it's, you know, I see folks that um, are willing to, to do more and go above and beyond and those who don't and I'll tell you those who do are gonna go much further in life obviously Uh, also if if somebody's I often get questions about folks who are in the business world and they want to segue into nonprofit work Uh, sometimes nonprofit work is what I call a second life work you know they spend 20 or 30 years as an attorney or a CPA And they just feel like they want to make a complete change and I encourage them wholeheartedly because they can take all their skills and and really do so many wonderful things with it nonprofits would uh, would really die to have that kind of expertise but what you have to do is you have to get involved as a volunteer first I think so you get their attention and it's really hard to jump from for-profit to nonprofit without a bridge so however you you can build that bridge, I would strongly recommend people to do that and, and network. Networking is very yes. important. I people reach out to me and ask if they can, you know, if, if they can take me to coffee and I introduce them to the folks in the nonprofit world and, and little by little, you know, if they're really um, really wanting to make serious about making that change they will and they do make a great difference in, in other people's lives and in their own as well.
1: And volunteering is a really good step. Without for that. a
2: doubt, okay. absolutely.
1: And I agree. I mean, uh, you see a lot of people who are getting to the point where they might retire in their career, but right. most of those people, especially if they were very successful and hardworking to begin with, can't just shut the switch off no. and say, oh, I'm going to no. retire. <laughs> look at my dad now. He should be retiring, and he just he just won't. Right. I, he just told me, he goes, if I retire, I'll die. Yeah.
2: Well, and I even uh, have folks who are, you know, 35 and, and, and really young into their careers, and I think they're just a little disenfranchised right. with – what their job is all about you know at the end of the day I think they want to feel like they're contributing to the greater good and if you don't get that feeling and if you're really seeking it boy you'll get it in a nonprofit world and even if you loan your expertise we love that we would love to have financial advisors come and help us you know make some recommendations of what we might do better so that's another way to volunteer you don't have to do it from a programmatic side you can actually do it on the business side, which is uh, which is easy for them.
1: That's great. Yeah. And thank you for everything you've done, and thank you for everything the boys and girls clubs do.
2: Yes.
1: Again, I, I can't reiterate this enough for everybody watching and who's going to watch later after um, the show's done. Go out, apply, do the background search because they can apply on your site, correct?
2: Yes, they can. And then and then we'll reach out to them and have a conversation and take it from there.
1: Perfect. Go out, apply to be a part of it. If you don't want to. Physically be a part of it, donate, and um, do what you can to get involved because the more you impact the club and the more the club can impact the kids, the better the community of Chicago is going Without to get. Without a
2: doubt. Yes. Without yeah. a doubt. We have corporations who are what I call their investors, they're investing in our young people and they say listen it is uh, in our best interest to do so because they will be our employees someday Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that they um, they have all the tools they need to do that
1: the education and the growth of especially kids who are like you said five to eighteen really that age group now for that next generation and people who might be a generation ahead of them now they're gonna be so impactful for your life going forward so and no secret Chicago really needs that impact they do. badly they do so if you can get involved get involved and the event on March 7th I'll let you announce that yes. one more time
2: March, March 7th our youth of the year competition and dinner where we hear firsthand from our young people the impact that the clubs and uh, their mentors and the city of Chicago really has had on their lives
1: It's exciting. Like you said, Chicago is an incredible city. And as much as sometimes I hear people uh, poo-poo our city, Chicago does such an incredible job and it's such a great community that's trying to do better. And you guys at the Boys and Girls Club are absolutely on the forefront of doing that for Chicago.
2: Well, it's because the, the entire city literally contributes to that. So thank you.
1: No, we appreciate everything you guys do. And as I thought we would go over, we did go over. Um, thank you both for coming on. Thank you. Um, So much uh, passion in both of you. Uh, and I think it's going to make for a really fun show for everybody who is watching, and we'll be watching soon. John, do we have uh, any announcements for next week?
0: We do. We do. Uh, we have, I don't know what's going on with my mic. I can hear it now too. But we have Michelle Stromberg. Oh hey, I knew I was gonna screw this up. Oh he Haber, she's the executive director of Gateway Green, who produces the green tie ball and does a lot of work uh, along the expressways to try and green up the city of Chicago. And we have Tim Shepherdson, who is the co founder of the Rocks Bar Group. Uh, they have three locations one right here in River North, uh, one in Lakeview, uh, yeah, Lakeview, and then uh, one a little bit further north, and Maggie and I really enjoy their, their place in Lakeview. So we, we got to know everybody over there, and I thought, you're going to love this guy. He's, he's hysterical. So it's, it's going
1: to be another great show. And if you couldn't hear John, because his audio is kind of goofed up, he does have the graphic on um, the actual video itself, so I'm looking forward to having them on next Wednesday at 3 o'clock.
0: Absolutely, and hopefully people will be able to hear me. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I don't have much to say
1: about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're kidding. Yes, you do. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you guys next Wednesday at 3 o'clock Central. Oh, before we go, did you click us off? Our yeah. website is going to be live at some point today, aewheelhouse.com. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be live before the show. Mm-hmm. They didn't make it live, but please <laughs> check it out. We will share it a bunch of times. I didn't want to forget that. Um, and now I'm done. In
0: 3, 2,